So I was reading this book on one of the founders, or I guess the, the first 40 years of the Rolls Royce company. And I um, did a podcast actually on the, my other podcast feed, Founders number Founders Podcast number 81, if you want to listen to it. But um, Henry Royce was like the genius engineer behind the high quality Rolls Royce cars that they were producing in the early 19th century, or early 1900s rather. And I came across something that I thought was fantastic. And that he left such detailed um, memos about how he thought about work, how they were supposed to do work, that the people at the Rolls-Royce company actually um, collected the memos and made it into a book. So the, 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 the way he thought about work and the way he, he encouraged people to engage in work was so detailed that it was beneficial to future employees of Rolls-Royce that they made it into a book and, and passed it out basically as like training materials. So while I was doing that podcast, I made the random statement. I was like, wow, I wish every company did this because um, it's so it's so important to think about, like to analyze how we're spending our time at work. It's, you know, basically half of our life, uh, the life that we're awake for, uh, like our conscious activity, half of, almost half of it is going to be taken up by um, work. I mean, if you sleep eight hours a night, you work eight hours a day, you know, you have 16 waking hours, half of them are spent working, like you might as well optimize for that since it's such a large part of your life, right? So uh, as I said that, then I stumbled across this this um, thread on Twitter about um, a company that just just did this, and it, that's the software company in Basecamp. In case you guys don't know, they've been making uh, well, I guess we'd consider it project management slash communication software for 15 years, and they just released an online book f- f- uh, that you can read on in a web browser for free called Shape Up: Stop Running in Circles and Ship Work That Matters. So the company also has a podcast called The Rework Podcast, and the author, his name is Ryan Singer, appeared on that podcast to um, to just talk about like why, like what's in the book, why they did it, and um, some interesting ideas. So I'm just going to jump into my notes. It says, Shape Up is a detailed guide to how product development is done at Basecamp. I linked it in the notes, but you can also go to basecamp.com forward slash shape up, and you can see the whole book there. Um, so it says, the process that Ryan describes in the book is about structuring work in such a way that teams don't have a huge backlog or any hazily defined moral draining projects that stretch on and on. So remember I said that I'll comment on it in a minute because I think it's they have a really unique idea uh, in, in regards to setting firm deadlines. And if that deadline, um, if you don't meet that deadline, well, then the entire project is scrapped. That's, that's first takes a, a huge level of discipline and, and to a second has a really unique way to think about like always working a way to force yourself into always working on the, the highest priority thing. So he says, how do we know if the thing we are making is the right thing? This is the problem with everybody that's making a product, any company, any service, anything. How do we know if the thing we are making is the right thing? Uh, those were the conversations we were having in the company that felt like they were the most important conversations. So it was natural for me to put more of my time into that side of things. So he's talking about product strategy. That's what Ryan, Ryan is the head of product strategy at the company. Um, so this is where the idea for ShapeUp came from. Jason, who's the CEO and one of the founders of Basecamp, suggested to me that he thought it was time to write a book and share what we figured out about how to work. He said, you should write a book about that since he's obviously the head of product strategy and he kind of straddles in between the, um, the programming side of things and the design side of things. And so Ryan says, before writing the book, I decided to hold, he's like, well, I've never, like, how do I do this? Like, what, what do I write about? And so this is another good idea. He says, I decided to hold a workshop as a prototyping device, trying to figure out what, like, I can write about the things we learned, 
but shouldn't I have a good grasp as to what are the most valuable parts to other people? Like what are other people struggling with at work? Maybe I can focus on that. So he comes with this idea. I'm going to hold a workshop. It's going to be a prototype. And then he had another good idea. He said, I made it expensive enough that everyone who came would be really motivated. It was a thousand dollars a seat for one day. So if you pay a thousand dollars for information, um, even if it only occurs over one day, you're going to take it very seriously. Then if you said, okay, anybody wants to show up for free, you know, people are half listening. They're scrolling on their phones. They're just wasting everybody's time. Um, this is a good threshold for those that are actually serious and those are not serious. This gave me the opportunity to explain what I thought was meaningful, how we shape work. Interesting. He uses that word shape, why we work in six weeks, meaning six week cycles or six week sprints, how teams work together and how we assemble projects, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so he talked about, uh, he, he learned a lot to like what to focus on from that one um, workshop. And he also talks about like, if you look at shape up, like it's, it has like these little drawings in it. It looks, um, for lack of a better word, handmade. And I personally try to support entrepreneurs that do things like this, where there it's not when you have a certain size or scale of a product, like it, it has to be kind of not dumbed down is not the right word I'm looking for, but it has to be kind of like, um, like, uh, smooth, so everybody can like interact with it, right? But humans are not smooth. Real life is not smooth. Like we're all, there's flaws and there's, but these flaws, think about like your closest friends. Like they have probably peculiar traits of their personality that you just find endearing. Um, you know, their, their faults are what make them authentic. And so Ryan figured out this is good for products too. He says, before writing the book, I decided, uh, oops, I already covered that part. He says, when Ryan was younger, he discovered, he was going to the radio shack one day. He said, there were these little books. Every book was hand-drawn on graph paper. The author had wrote it and interspersed it uh, with his little sketches. Millions of these things have sold. So think about it. It's a handmade book, essentially, with, uh, at this time, I think it was like how to... Um, how to like uh, to to organize like circuits, something to do with electronics. But he says those books gave me the confidence that things don't have to be polished or professional looking. Um, something I didn't know was a problem before the workshop. When designing a product, people feel they get pushed into too much detail too early. So the book de deals with uh, gives some advice on you know how do you deal with this idea. This idea that, you know, ideas are extremely fragile at the beginning. you got to give them room to grow and to, and, to, and to mature into something that might be actually useful if we're just squashing it, being too quick to say, no, this is crap, let's move on. Um, he says a major theme of this book is working with boundaries and constraints and embracing them, seeing them as, help, as a helpful tool rather than a roadblock. That's what they meant about this whole six-week um, six sprint. So he says, we don't have this giant list of things we have to do one day, right? So you have this huge backlog of tasks like, oh, yeah, they're kind of important. I'm going to put them on the list, but I'm not doing them today. Well, how important are they then? He says, other companies create this big backlog of stuff. There's more on that list than you could ever do, and it creates this bad feeling. Like we didn't do what we were supposed to do, or we are not where we, uh, we're not there yet, et cetera, et cetera. That sucks. And he talks about like, we don't talk about, we don't use the word plan in the company. We use, we're saying, hey, we're going to do a six week work cycle on this bet. Now, why is he using the word bet? He says the word bet is better than the word plan. Plan has a feeling of certainty, but the reality is you don't know what is going to happen. Um, and then this is uh, what I was talking about earlier that I feel is, a, you, I don't know if I've heard this from another company before. He says, we have this thing called a circuit breaker. It is a very effective, but severe policy. Interesting choice of word there, severe. If the thing doesn't get done in the time we give it, it is automatically canceled. 
That's crazy. Just because a task was important in the past doesn't mean it's relevant now. And that's just basic advice that, hey, you should be working on the mo- the single most important thing you could do with your day. Don't fall into this, oh, my calendar says I should be doing this, or oh, this task says I should be doing this. No, no, always pick the highest priority thing you could be doing. And, uh, and I'll close on this. The most important thing, though, all the methods, all the advice, everything in the world's not going to help you. Um, if you don't know what you want. So if you don't know what you want, no method can help you. So think about what you want. What do you want to create? What is the outcome that you desire?